If you could open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, I'm not going to go through a whole uh, sermon, um, exegetical sermon today as I normally do, but I am going to go through some of the verses here. Well, as Patty talked about, we're all special in God's eyes because God has made us. God created the whole world and the universe and all of us as well. But God also had specific plans to save us. And this salvation plan, the plan of redemption, is historical. So it starts with the single person. It starts with a promise made to a person. So if we think about Genesis 1 through 11, really it presents us with the problem. It presents us with God's uh, creation, but also how God is, uh, how, how the creation has fallen. And at the end of 11, we hear the story of Babel, of sinfulness of human beings. And then in chapter 12, well, end of 11, and uh, from chapter 12 on, it uh, is, it, it, the story really uh, uh, focuses on one person, the uh, Abraham, man of Abraham. And we're going to study together until May. Um, every single, most of the ser- uh, um, sermons on Sundays will be on uh, Abraham and God's plan uh, th- to save all nations through this person of Abraham. And in this talk, I'm just going to give a very uh, broad sketch of his life. Well, Abraham is a great man by all accounts. The New Testament mentions him more than any other person than King David. Um, uh, No, except Moses, sorry. And the Old Testament calls uh, Abraham repeatedly friend of God, a person who had the special privilege of being with God. And he's a model for intercession as well. And so we'll uh, learn about how to pray on behalf of the world um, through him. And he's also called patriarch, the first father, the person uh, who, 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 whom, uh, from whom we're from. But as we see in our reading today, what, we, what he's known for most is really for his faith, that he's a person of faith. And there was an extraordinary faith. So let's turn to verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 8 praises him for his obedient faith. When God called him to go, he obeyed and went without asking any questions. We can also find courage um, in that faith as well. As you see, he wasn't told where to go. He wasn't told specifically that that was the land that he was to go. As we'll see next week, he's told to go to the land that God will show him. I will show him. Without knowing exactly where his destination was going to be, he left. He left. He packed up everything that he had, and he went forward. And Abraham is praised for his persistent faith as well. So if you look to verse 9, By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as, as did Isaac and Jacob. Well, can you imagine arriving at the land that God showed him, God shows him, and not inheriting that land throughout his life? Um, the only land that he acquires in his lifetime is the plot of land that he buys. He buys to bury his wife, Sarah. That wasn't given to him. It was bought by him. And he lives in the tent all his life waiting and expecting that land to be his and his, his descendants. He didn't see any of the promise that was made to him really fulfilled in his lifetime, but he lived under that promise. 
He lived knowing the promise that God had given him. And Abraham is then praised for faith that really uh, expects the impossible, things that, uh, that, that, that shouldn't happen. Verse 11 says he believed that Sarah would bear a child, even though his wife was barren. In fact, it is at this point when Abraham believes this promise uh, that Genesis writer pronounces his famous verdict in Genesis 15:6. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. He believed that his descendants would be as countless as the sand upon the shore and the, uh, and the stars in the sky. And most famously is his faith that believed that God will bring his son back. As he sacrificed his son, look to verse 19. It says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. He had such faith in God's promise that even as he was sacrificing his own son, that he believed that God would raise him again because of the promise that God had given him. And if we think about that faith, that faith is also sacrificial faith, isn't it? It's faith that shows that for him, God was the most important person. For him, that he was able to sacrifice anything in his life, even the ultimate things. And so Abraham is praised for his obedient faith, the courageous faith, persistent faith, even faith that expects the impossible. But the Bible is much too realistic for Abraham to be a one-dimensional character. Disney movies and fairy tales present us with uncomplicated characters who are one-dimensional, who are either good, all good, or all evil, superhero or the villain. The line's very clear, but in real life, we find that people are much more complex than that. I mean, just all the things, it's, a, um, uh, it's Black History Month in the U.S., and so a lot of stories have been coming out. But Martin Luther King, uh, Jr., had extramarital affairs. Mother Teresa, uh, I remember two years ago, uh, the story came out that she, had, she struggled with doubts in her life. Great people in real life are also fallen people as well. There is goodness, but there is also bad, evil in their hearts. And this man of extraordinary faith also did many things that make us cringe as we read about their lives, as we read about Abraham's life. First, there is the fact that at times he's portrayed, it seems to me, as spineless and weakling, not a man of principles. It's not, much, um, it's not so much that he tried to have that child, Ishmael, with Hagar. Having children through maidservants was a culturally acceptable practice, and it, just ha- it happened uh, throughout the, the Bible, the history of the Old Testament. In fact, the four tribes of Israel, so four tribes out of the twelve, come from um, Zilpah and Bilna, maidservants of Rachel and Leah, and they're considered full sons of Israel. They're considered full, full, full sons of, 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 of Israel. Um, but Abram seems to have very little principle when it comes to dealing with his, his wife. When Sarai tells Abram that Hagar despises her, 
after Hagar, Hagar becomes pregnant, Abram responds by saying, do whatever you, you think is best. And Genesis 16 tells us that Sarah, Sarah then mistreats Hagar to the point of Hagar leaving. And Abram's okay with this. Abram lets this happen. Hagar runs away from the family and only comes back when God calls her to come back. But as you know, the biggest display of his flaw in his character, I think, um, is when he presents his wife as his sister, not just once, but twice. He does it in Genesis chapter 12 and also in Genesis chapter 20. And as you know, Israelites, Hebrews repeated things again and again in order to make a point, to emphasize it. Emphasize a point. And I think this is what the biblical writer is doing, Genesis writer is doing. This is a flaw, and he wants you to know about it. And I think the narrative in Genesis 12 is incredible for many different reasons. It's not just that he fears for his, uh, for, for, for his life and is willing to give up his wife to save his own skin. He doesn't put up a fight. He doesn't raise a voice. And when Pharaoh, in chapter 12, gives him all the blessings, gives him great many things in exchange for his wife, he's willing to accept the gifts and leave Sarai in Egypt. But that's not the most incredible thing about chapter 12. I think what's most incredible is that this happens right after uh, his act of extraordinary obedience, after he leaves after he receives a promise, in the same chapter, he turns and he's willing to leave his wife in Egypt so he can save his own skin. Right after he builds an altar in worship of God. And I should mention that the Bible never condones these sins. Abraham isn't called the father of faith because his acts of faith outweighed his sin. His faith does not excuse his weaknesses and sins. They are named and condemned. But Abraham's faith was not what Abraham's stories were all about in the first place. The stories in the Old Testament, the stories of Abraham, are ultimately about God and God's faithfulness. In the next couple of months, we'll talk about God's plan of redemption that started with the promise made to Abraham and fulfilled in Jesus. It wasn't about Abraham becoming father of a Jewish nation, but it was about Abraham becoming the father of faith, faith in the one that God promises. He becomes a father of faith because he believed in the promise and the promised one. And Abraham didn't really know exactly what that was going to be about, who, who that was going to be. But we do. We know that we're saved by the faithful one, the promised one in Jesus. And just like Abraham, some of us will do extraordinary acts of faith in our lives. But also, there will be moments of cowardice and there will be moments of disobedience and sin. But as with Abraham, our lives are not about all of us, our faithfulness, our righteousness. It is about God's faithfulness and God's righteousness 
and how God gives us all that um, through Jesus, the faithful one. So in this series, we'll learn about ourselves, we'll learn about our sinfulness, but hopefully we'll be inspired also uh, 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 by Abraham's uh, faith. But more than anything else, we'll try to learn about God, about God's grace and God's plan of salvation that brings us all as a family of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much um, for Paul and, and, and the things that you have done uh, through him and the things that we were able to learn from 1 Corinthians, Corinthians. And as we shift our mind now to the Old Testament, to the person of Abraham, and we pray, pray that in the coming uh, weeks and months that you'll show us what it means to believe in you, what it means to have faith in you, But more than anything else, we pray that you'll show yourself to be the faithful one, one that keeps the promise that was made many, many thousands of years ago, fulfilled in Jesus, but that promise that is also bringing us as one nation. And we just pray that we'll be encouraged and inspired, but more than anything else, we'll have a better vision of who you are in the coming weeks and months. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.